Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that. That was a fun little kind of fun thing we're doing. Uh, my name is Dan. Right, we're keeping you on your toes. On your toes. This is Daniel Roman. We're the editors of coming.net. And oh, thank wow. you for coming to watch our weekly Take the Black podcast chat show. We talk about all things, mostly right now in Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, because Daniel, as LCH yeah. Jeremy points out in the chat, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones sequel is four days away. Daniel, how are you feeling yeah, about it is. this? I'm feeling damn excitable four days away we're pretty much there we've been waiting years here we are it's exciting times man how are you feeling i feel pretty good and just to get the elephant in the room uh noticed everyone watching thank you for coming by the way thank you julie philip ertak uh josephine nicole joanne good to see all of you christian yeah good to see you yes daniel and i have seen some of the episodes of House of the Dragons, we got the screeners. No, we can't really give spoilers or details away yet till Friday. Yep. But we have seen it. And I will I will say, just keeping it as vague as possible, I watched the premiere. I thought it was very good. And that's about yeah. all I can say. You know, do you want to give your like two word impressions? Two to uh, two to five. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't really uh, talk details until Friday is the day. That'll so keep an HBO eye on the site. I'm sorry. Friday. Yes, it's true. You will only have corpses on spikes for next week's show. Be fine. If we talk. It, yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd I be will insane. say I, I have seen some of the show. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough of the show to see the older and younger cast members. And I have thoughts. Ooh. That's all I'll say. It's you really good, though. Thoughts. It's really good. I have thoughts. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. If you've been waiting for this show, it is different. It is not Game of Thrones again. It's more similar and more different than I expected. I mean, it's not Game of Thrones. No, obviously. And I think that's a good thing at the end of the day. It did, like when I started watching it, it did have... Let's try and talk a little bit very, very generally (laughs) about it. And if we go too far, we'll just stop ourselves. Um, Because again, there's the bargain. But I mean, folks folks saw the premiere and they were giving in general, I like that I didn't. So we so we we can do that, right? A little bit. They saw it like I think if we keep it theaters extremely general. Yeah. I, I because it it does 
feel a lot like Game of Thrones, which is what would people want, but it, it feels different enough to justify itself. And it's very well made. I can say that. Yeah, it's um agree. Like I was pulled along pretty effectively by the premiere episode. I got who the characters were, I got what they wanted, I kind of was put into the drama without much difficulty. Like I didn't have to really work to get into it. I thought it was intense in the right moments. I thought it, it pulled back in the right moments. I liked it a lot. Honestly, I I thought it was definitely a promising start to what could be a very good series. And it looks great. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it looks fantastic. The one thing I think I'll say, and this is going to play off of things other people have said. So I I think I get away with it. Blame them. HBO. Yeah. When people say this is a family saga, that's the thing. It's more focused than Game of Thrones um, because it's just about this one family that comes through more than I expected. And that is not just talk. That is at the heart of this show. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I to Nicole, Nicole is saying, what would you rate it on a given 10 point scale? I'll be honest. I don't know, Nicole. Um, no, no comment there. Um, but definitely in the upper half of the scale, I would say. <laughs> oh, good. It's a deep. <laughs> I'll answer Philip's question because I, I think that's pretty innocent. No, no that... honeycombs or jackasses so far that I've seen. But you know what? There's still time. Yeah, that's true. There's still time. There are always, you know, there's always that glimmer of hope. What if the final episode of House of the Dragon ends with someone? You know, with the beginning of that joke, the joke. Someone tells a Lannister that joke. Oh no! Like they bring a jackass and a honeycomb into a bar, and something funny happens, and then we see like, oh, that's where it came from. That joke was always stupid. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's coming. I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's about all you're going to get for now. Wait for our Sunday show to hear our re- detailed uh, recap and thoughts. Yes. But Sunday it's right here. after it's exciting the episode. And it's happening. Sunday after the episode, we'll be doing a live thing on the Facebook and the YouTube show talking all about uh, the details. But for right now, yes. there's a lot of, I feel like people are pretty hyped for it. Like I see a lot of yeah. talk and churn online, at least. I see a lot of think pieces. I see a lot of folk, I mean, our account is being tweeted off like out the ass. Like we're getting so much sure. attention from all this stuff, like thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands upon stuff, which is great. I do feel like there, there is an appetite for it. And what's kind of funny to like look at, because I, I don't feel like they're really kind of getting through and like the Lord of the Rings that much. I feel like I see a lot of people like putting out articles about it and I can yeah. see the Amazon's out trying to get the word about it. About it. I, I don't see it getting talked about as much. So I think that's good. I think there is some real momentum heading into the premiere and the premiere is pretty strong. Yeah. So I think it's a good chance to keep that up. Yeah. I, I think it is fascinating because like we have two series basically premiering around the same time that are both a prequel about a previously unseen oh, yeah. um, golden age of the these very show. famous fantasy works. They're, yeah. They're basically the same show, but they're, they're the not. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, I can't wait till I can, to talk a little more details about general general thoughts but i yeah i think there's an appetite for it i think the appetite is going to be well warranted and i man it's an hbo show that that's what you can say for it it it's not it dumbing itself down for viewers that po- oh yeah i'll say this too it's it's not a it does treat the audience like adults i feel like i watched the the first episode absolutely and i, I I, I did not feel pandered to. I did not feel like they were kind of cutting stuff out to make it easier to digest. I, I felt I like it, it more was than Thrones a even. robust show. Sorry? 
I said, I think more than Thrones, even in terms of the not dumbing stuff down, treating the audience like adults. I think it even does that a little bit better than Thrones. I was okay. We can't go too far because I'm always just nervous that (laughs) that I'm going to go too far. Um, We do have some images and these are just from the, the, the behind the scenes features. Like we're not leaking this. Yes. Um, Richard, could you show us the one that I believe is, well, the next one is actually pretty good. The one of the long haired Matt Smith and the long haired dark lady. All right. This is pretty good. So this is Damon Targaryen, Matt Smith and Myceria played by Sinoyo Mizuno, who I remember from, um, Oh hell. I forget the movie where Oscar Isaac is the tech billionaire. And then Dom Hall Gleason is the young programmer who goes and he makes a robot and Felicia Vandercar. And then she's one of the other robots. Hell. Okay. I don't know, but I want to see it. It's good. It was really good. Ex yeah, so, That's the uh, one. Thank you, Richard. Ah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. There were all the actor names and none of the movie name. It's amazing. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, so this is, we haven't seen too much of Missaria. So it's nice to get a couple, couple more images of her leading into the show. She's kind of like, and again, this is not speaking from the show. This is speaking from the book. She's kind of like this story's version of Varys. She begins kind of as a paramour of Daemon Targaryen and uh, kind of has to forge her own way because she's one of the few main characters who's not a Targaryen that is and therefore doesn't have all the privileges that come along with that. Yeah, the show she doesn't is look so very happy here. On the, well, yeah, I suppose not. Well, she has Matt Smith all up on her. Who knows? She has, she has thoughts. Um, it, it, it is interesting thoughts. that this show is going to be so focused. Like later in the book, does it ever sprawl out? Do you think? Because the thing that, that distinguished Game of Thrones and that the Lord of the Rings show is totally going for with like, we have like our dwarf yes. areas and our hobbit areas and our elf areas is that we switched from the Starks and the Lannisters to Daenerys Targaryen's adventures, eventually to the Greyjoys and to the Martells for that one uh, bad trip. Um, and it was mm-hmm. always something <laughs> new to Jamie's adventures in the Riverlands and Brienne and Patrick wandering around. And they're just, it, it's so much more focused. Now there is a bit of sprawl mm-hmm. later, like, you know, We'll get into nettles later, I'm sure, because I will say this too, also yeah. being very vague. This show, it, it 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 seems, and you know what? I just took up my ass. You could see this even without watching the series. They're pretty committed to doing a faithful uh, adaptation, I think. Like, a yeah, lot of details are there. Like, a lot. Um, this isn't something where they're just kind of like, more like the Wheel of Time, where they're... Um, the solid base is there, but they're just kind of building up how they want. Like this is pretty yeah. on the letter with some expansions and changes. So later on, we'll have like the adventures of nettles and we'll have, you know, um, the guy from Winterfell, who, like a uh, Rickard stuck who comes down and does the hour of the wolf. We'll have yeah. some of the people from the Riverlands who get into it. But so there'll be some, but not a ton. Oh, there's two, um, bastard born dragon seeds like declare themselves to be the new kings and just go off on their own that'll be fun so we'll have some of it but mostly it is gonna be much more tightly focused on these blonde-headed people say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that so the sprawl question, um, man, that's again next week. We can talk more about that because I have I had some thoughts about that specifically. I do think so. We know this is from George R. R. Martin. This was confirmed today on the official Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah, which aired an interview with him. CYA. Yeah, that basically he confirmed the time span for this season is around 28 years. So it's going from the great council to the start of the war, which we assumed, Mm -hmm. but now we know for sure. I think if we're going to see like bigger sprawl on this show, like geographic sprawl, it's really going to start to hit in a season two, if we get it, like I think we'll, we'll see more places as the show goes on because, you know, there are other locations that are in in the early you know pre dance of the dragons uh era like you know da- there's the whole stepstones war which we have seen in trailers stuff like that but yeah i think once the war hits then it you know by necessity the story is less about what's going on in king's landing and who's friends with who and stuff like that then it becomes about battles in different places and who controls what territories and at that point i think the sprawl might be m- more relevant to the story because the lay of the land is more relevant to the story. Of course. Speaking of temporal sprawl, I think that's our first image of one of Rhaenyra's sons, one of her, her, her strong boys. Yeah. Which again, don't say if you've seen him or not, but just again, cool to see that they're doing it uh, pretty by the book. Cause I don't know if I were adapted something, there are so many kind of sons and children of sons and nephews and nieces that I might cut some. But um, yeah, we will see Rhaenyra's kids, which of course is an important scene. God, I want to ask you questions about what's in episode six, but I can't and I won't and I shan't. We don't even have to watch that far. We don't. By the way, I believe it was Brian asked, what time does it premiere? Brian, it premieres on Sunday, not Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that'll be 9 p.m. here on the East Coast. It'll be 6 p.m. if you're on the yep. West Coast. And if you're like one of those um, wacky folk who lives in the mountains, it'll be um, seven, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And if you nice, live elsewhere nice. in the world. Good, you know, good knowledge of the time zones. It's, it's, it has been a trial. Let me tell you, uh, that <laughs> knowledge was hard earned. Uh, as Julie asked, yeah. do you think people do you think it would draw people to, who haven't seen Game of Thrones into watching Game of Thrones? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, that is a based great on what I've seen, I think it's strong enough to have, to, I mean, anyone could watch this and enjoy it. There's yes, some world, but of course there is. Will it draw them to Game of Thrones? I mean, if they, if the, my guess is if the show is a success, it'll get to the end of the first season and then go to Game of Thrones to have something else to watch in the franchise. But honestly, Game of Thrones was so popular. Yeah. Like who, who hasn't seen Game of Thrones still needs to see it. Yeah. It's hard to imagine the, you know, the and, audience and who to. would be like, ooh, this new show, House of the Dragon. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I'll watch this and then maybe give Game of Thrones a chance. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny possible. to try to imagine. It, it, yeah. I mean, you know, there will come a day when it will come a day we're old people and House of the Dragon will be more relevant to the to the youngins. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but I, I do think House of the Dragon could appeal 
to people who didn't necessarily enjoy Game of Thrones. It is a different really? enough show. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I think there's some potential there for sure. Playing. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What, how, what can we say without saying anything? That's the game. Got, uh, on Friday, said, we're, we're, we're going to say so much, you guys. Just, just bear with us. Yes. Okay. Sunday, we can we... give the, the broader thoughts too. And I'm sure Friday you'll have some uh, impressions that are not spoilery, yes. but more spoilery than this, but more in depth. No than this. spoilers. Yeah, no, there will none. be there will be no spoilers. But, but yeah, you can I'll talk about your some thoughts up on the site. You can talk about exactly how it made you feel and the structural pros and cons. All that exactly. Any other thoughts before we increment ourselves and just move on to something else? I don't think so. I was just going to suggest we move on to you know rounding up the house of the dragon news because this is the week before release i still can't believe it's four days away so obviously people are making press rounds people are saying things and we've got a few things to round up on that front dan do you know where the the premieres happened because there were a few european premieres one in in la there was one in london there was one in sydney where the ceo of the um australian company I think it's Foxtel got up there and called and like made a joke about, um, you know, I never got into Game of Thrones. I was like, what's that uh, short dumpy woman walk through the fire about? Like just called him in the Clark, a dumpy woman in front of like a crowd here to see a Game of Thrones Mistakes show. were made. And then was surprised people like were offended. That was weird. Why do you ask yeah. though? Yeah. They were all over the world. Yeah. Because the, so the house of the dragon, the premiere has been uh, premiering around the world. Lots of people calling it absolutely spectacular. The spectacular. the first reviews for this thing have been glowing, which is really exciting. It's, it's exciting to hear uh, hear how well-received it's being, because yeah. I think we've all been nervous at one point or another that it oh, could yeah. suck. Not just because we like the show, because um, our livelihoods are partly tied into it. I don't want it to suck. I want yeah. this stuff to keep going for a while. And yeah, I mean, yes. you know, the, the showrunner called Obsession with Dragons. It's more or less accurate. I mean, nothing. I think that's very <laughs> accurate. Big. I also like what George R. R. Martin said about it. That we've cut this before that it's a house of the dragon as compared to Game of Thrones is more of a Shakespearean tragedy full of gray characters. Who you can love or you can hate as compared to Game of Thrones that had like this evil incarnate in the White Walkers, more or less, who he called the White yeah. Shadows, by the way, because apparently he likes yeah. to write things in his head, um, which again yeah. is true. We've discussed that. I like Julie's comments about how she does know people who haven't seen Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, I have too, but I'm I'm not yeah. sure if someone hadn't seen... I think they're close enough in tone that if you're not interested in Game of Thrones, you're probably not going to be interested in this either. But a lot yeah. of folks are interested in Game of Thrones, so we'll see. Yeah, I would say if you enjoyed shows like The Crown or Succession... Oh, like, sure. Like the many family... Do. saga type shows i think that's a thing this has that game of thrones it wasn't quite as centered on game of thrones um Mm -hmm. so maybe it could reach those people a little bit royal but yeah yeah the george the shakespearean tragedy uh yeah yeah that that feels pretty on point to me and as thomas says can't wait to see our mushroom Thomas, I have some bad news oh, for you. Thomas. Unless Thomas. Uh, they have a surprise in store for us. I don't think Mushroom is in the show. Mushroom is the dwarf court jester 
for King Viserys and uh, later Rhaenyra. And uh, considering that he's a dwarf whose job it is to make a fool of himself and dance on a pointy shoes, I think they cut him figuring we don't follow um, Tyrion Lannister with that, predict with that. Um, yeah. I, I could be wrong. Maybe he turns up, but I, I really don't think he turns up. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, you wrote again, a great piece about this uh, I wrote a on great the site over the past weekend. If you, if you are, if you have a mushroom shaped hole in your heart, Dan has a great piece about this up on the site, the case for and against mushroom, because yeah, it is a huge good. question. We, we don't know whether mushrooms going to show well, up. I think Ryan Condal got asked, Mm-hmm. He got asked point blank as mushroom in the show and he said no comment. So I think there's hope for mushroom, but I also wouldn't like don't expect mushroom to be a main character, guys. Like, what are you doing? I mean, okay, let me just put this out to everybody watching. <laughs> Daniel's seen a bunch of it. He might know. He might be lying to us right now. I, I don't know. I've seen the premiere and people have already confirmed it's not the premiere at least. And I don't think, but for yeah. I just Daniel, um, I don't have that good of a poker face. Look I, at me in I the eye yeah. and just, um, okay, okay. Is he lying? It's hard to tell. We'll never He's know. He's a shifty one. We'll find out. It's okay. true. Anyway, let, let's move on before we say anything yeah. that we've already haven't said that's going to get us into trouble. Beyond House of the Dragon, I always hesitate to bring this up because it feels like just a picking <laughs> at a wound sometime. But because yeah. George R. R. Martin has been so vocal lately about House of the Dragon, he's also said some what I mean, it sounds like promising things about the winds of winter. It just does. Like he's talking recently. He wrote on his blog that, you know, he's working on Winds of Winter, this sixth long awaited book mm-hmm. in his Song of Ice and Fire series. And he wrote, I hope to wrap up the storyline for one of the viewpoint characters of Winds of Winter this week, maybe even two. So I'm just saying, if he's close enough, I know he's terrible at deadlines and like predicting his own writing speed, but by his own he, admission, by his own admission, but surely he yeah. can predict within like a week. Like how could a week I'll be done in a week turn into three years? Maybe it could. It's possible. Yeah. It just, it sounds like he's turning a corner and I, I, I know I should get my hopes up, but um, I am. Cause I mean, there are only, yeah. He was talking recently about how he was writing Tyrion chapters. Now he's talking about like, oh, I'm going to finish a viewpoint character. Tyrion's a huge character. Like he has a lot of chapters in it. If he finishes a character that big, that probably means like that's a really big chunk of the book. And just, it's just, I shouldn't hope, but um, it's nice to hear. There's also saying like, I'm not pretty when I'm going to be done anymore. God, I just, if I, sometimes I think. He's been saying that for a long time. What his publishers are, are, are like, and just how few hairs they must have left. And, um, (laughs) And how like the how how thoroughly the impression of the desk they bang their heads into has made itself on their forehead. And I just feel bad for them. But I'm I mean, cautiously it, don't feel too bad. Don't feel too bad because I this is not as much as George R. R. Martin. I, I know we're all frustrated because we all want the winds of winter. It's not a Patrick Rothfuss situation, though. Like he still puts out <sighs> plenty guy. of other stuff. Yes, it's not does. like he hasn't released anything in 12 years. He's released tons of stuff. His publisher is just fine. And like they're right now, they're riding the fire and blood train um, because they just put out a new binding of that. That is actually surprisingly nice looking for a TV tie in because it's just the Targaryen oh, yeah, sigil with a nice right? black background. It's classy. Me, me it's too. Not just like but this one Matt looks Smith's good. Big old face on a book cover. That's Which is to be exactly a show. Yeah. what I expected. Yeah. So. 
the thing to me with this whole George R. R. Martin stuff, I it feels clinically insane to be like, maybe <laughs> there's hope. But but we've been following him and his blogs and his writing about this for literal years. He has been more open uh, really open has. about his progress with the book in the past couple of months than literally literally he has been for years. Yeah. Um, and like specific things too. Like I'm finishing a viewpoint yeah. character's chapter, which is specificity is how you know it's working. Yeah. I like that point you made about him versus Rothfuss, where it's like Patrick Rothfuss, yeah. writer of the Name of the Wind series, wrote his last book as long ago as Dance of Dragons. And he just, as far as I can tell, just spends time on Twitter dunking on, um, you know, the Twitter villain of the day or whatever. And you're right. George R. R. Martin has yeah. put out a lot of work. It just hasn't been the work he anybody edits wants. Stuff. So it's not like he's not it, working. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, totally not. He's he is, you know, he's got his hand in in a hundred different projects at any given time. He had like a new wild cards book that he edited that came out recently. And I personally am not into wild cards, but there are people out there who are, I presumably uh, be two, because yeah. they're still making them. Making a Hulu show. Yeah. I hope that goes through. Uh Martha asked about uh house of the dragon impressions on friday we won't have an extra podcast on friday mm-hmm. but we will have some first impression articles up on the site the friday. so winter is coming out yeah yes, but then our sunday night podcast will be talking more oh yeah by the way um bayou uh bio gwen on youtube talks about a thing that i a concern that i had about if they remove oh mushroom from house of the dragon it might be too dark <laughs> by Gwen, literally that i was thinking that and at least and again i've only seen the premiere but based on the premiere they do keep in it's not just yes the show is serious and, the, and it's a shakespearean tragedy but at least in the premiere they remember that people have other settings than just incredibly set like it, 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 it it's not yeah. just this it seems like a real life thing when people have ups and downs. It wasn't joyless. I was afraid to be joyless and I'm not sure how I would put mushroom in, but we'll talk more about that again, more in detail Sunday. I don't, yeah. I didn't miss mushroom in the premiere at least, but I haven't seen beyond that. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. I have not missed mushroom. I'll say that much. Okay. Juicy. <laughs> As Philip said, perhaps he finished the second of two. Melisot. <laughs> Melisandre oh, harsh, Philip. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. <laughs> I did have the thought. I wonder if one of those second, uh, you know, plot lines he's finishing up was one that has like three chapters in the book, oh, which is okay. I'll still he was take just that. writing about Tyrion, Tyrion was, was a big just one doing it. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm, he can take a dots. break with, uh, I, I guess Davos with someone who had like three chapters in a dance dance with dragons i hope davos has more chapters and he only had one in the winds of winter i'm still <gasps> over that yes those first two Wait. useless davos chapters that's a dragon's harsh sometimes i think harsh. about what if I, what if ira martin's editor and i wasn't like <laughs> some sycophantic whatever he has going for him now and showed him like cut this cut this stuff down you don't need half of this which is what i would do no one cares about quentin martell no one cares about quentin martell i mean some folk do actually i've met people who do i don't if I were next with dragons, I would have lobbied so hard to cut pretty much everything Quentin Martell until he steps into the pit and gets burned to death. That's like, that's pretty good. The rest of it eh, yeah. tired. You've done the same stuff better in other books. Why? That's my opinion. And that's just, that's, that's yeah, what I think. That's fair. That's fair. 
But let's talk about something that's not an opinion, Dan. Yeah, let's. Something that is a a cold hard fact cold that hard you fact. unearthed. This, this unearthed. is some news that that you broke. Um, that well, is hmm. kind of baffling, mind boggling to me. You kind of stumbled upon the fact that net Netflix has filmed more Sandman than they've released. Do you, do you want yeah. to tell us about that? Cause that's pretty crazy to me. Daniel. So the Sandman is a show on Netflix that came out. Um, so just like last week, no, it was like two weeks ago, uh, adaptation yeah. of Neil Gaiman's beloved comic book. And long story short, I liked it a lot. I'm a fan of the comic. I loved the show overall. I thought it was very, very strong. And now I'm going to tell you a brief story. So this past Saturday, <laughs> it's Saturday morning. And I'm eating whatever it is I eat on Saturdays, probably a banana. And I turned on the YouTube show, um, I Like to Watch, which is a YouTube program where two drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race named Trixie Mattel and Katya Zawolochkova watch and crack wise about whatever Netflix shows are on. And, you know, um, I don't always watch it, but I think it's cute. It's funny. I like, you know, I'm just sitting there with like my um, oatmeal girl, like... (laughs) Um, and I saw they're watching the Sandman. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, because I've seen the Sandman. Like, sometimes they'll watch the show that I, I, I will never watch. And I have no intention of watching but the Sandman. I'm like, oh, this sure. is good because I've watched Sam. I want to see what they say about it. So I'm watching it. They're, it's a reaction show. So I'm watching them watch the Sandman and talk about it in funny ways. And mm-hmm. they get to start commenting on picked images, clips from the Sandman that I have not seen that aren't in what? the 10 episodes released. They're, they're, they're talking about things that just weren't in the 10 episodes that were dropped. Um, I think there's pictures. There's one that was uh, definitely, like they got Dream and Calliope there. That's a uh, thing from the second comic. Yeah. That's where, that's his old ex-girlfriend, the Greek muse Calliope. That's a story. And I'm like, they, and I'm like they didn't adapt that one. How are they reacting to this? And then they had. Uh, so, so I want to ask you about this because I don't, I haven't read that far in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, are these the things that you've seen, which we have that and then another image? Those are from stories that, oh, yeah, you know, for sure are coming after what we've seen so mm-hmm. far. Because, I mean, again, they weren't just like, they were clips they were watching with like sound and acting and movement. And I recognize them like, oh, that's the Calliope story. The other one is um, an animated adaptation of A Dream of a Thousand <laughs> Cats which is about a world yeah, where what is cats this? are huge. It's like the cat's dream where cats are huge and they just oh, hunt nice. humans for fun. Like my, It's a great story. And that's one I didn't think they would do because it's like, how would you, it'd be impossible because it's just too elaborate. Yeah. And the answer is they animated it. I love that, by the way, that they're, that they're adapting like everything because that's when that's it's awesome. like, okay, they're probably not going to do the cat one because it's just too yeah. wild and out there. But nope, no one doing would the cat blame one. them. But they didn't show us. They showed Trixie and Katya, the drag queens, but they didn't show us. They <laughs> kept it. And yeah. then and then Netflix took this video down from YouTube, which meant they showed those drag queens by accident. They weren't supposed to reveal yeah. they had made this. So, yes, I felt That's, like so this I was is going crazy. Yeah. It was really interesting. And it wasn't really picked up either. I, I, I haven't seen a ton of people talking about it, but they straight up made more episodes of Sandman and there's video proof. And in my memory, screenshot proof right there. And they're just, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They're keeping it back to release later 
or maybe it's not completely done. But then how did it get into the hands of the I like to watch people, which which Netflix runs that channel, by the way, obviously. Um, I figured confusing, but I want to now release that episode now or however many else you made. I'm, I'm not sure what you did. I, yeah. So this is fascinating to me because so to my eye, there are like there are only so many explanations for this because we see Tom Sturridge. They are like, this is clearly oh, like he's in. He's you in know, makeup, it might not be 100 percent. Yeah, it, it, it's things they filmed. So whether they're finished episodes or not, we know that they at the very least attempted or tried or have started working mm-hmm. on episodes beyond what's in the season. So to me, it's either they have extra episodes they haven't released yet. Maybe we'll get to see them soon. Or maybe they did more episodes originally and then realized they weren't going to be able, those ones weren't working for this season. So yeah, they held they that material it. back. It, I think that's a possibility Save it for the without Sandman having seen Blue the Rain. whole season. Yeah. Well, I think if they, I think there's a good chance, like, it's hard for me to imagine them skipping that part of the story again, without knowing the story. Like if, if based on how faithfully they're doing the comics, I couldn't see them being like, these are extra things. They didn't work. So we're Mm going to forget about it. It's just a question of when we're going to see that that. resurface. Yes. I I would love a salmon holiday special uh, says Richard. That would be great. I mean, and the thing is with the Sandman, the comic, there are tons of stories. Some of them are purely standalone. Like the cat one that is related to nothing. It's cool. I like it a lot, but you could not do that and you'd be fine. The Calliope one is part of the story. Like that's more uh, part of the the overall narrative. It's not huge, but it's like you, 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 you would need to do it. And I can't, I can't imagine these folk would skip it. So again, that almost makes it more confusing. Like, yeah, you're going to lose the one and do the other are they part of the same episode? Because they don't really go together. Are they just cutting room floor stuff like except for season two? Is it going to be a holiday special? It's mostly a British thing. But I mean, there's so much Sandman crap to adapt. If you want to do it all, sure. Do like an interstitial I mean, holiday thing. The Sandman is a little more. I mean, it is a, a more British show than a lot of stuff Netflix That's puts true. out at the same time. Ted Lasso had a holiday not, special. Not being like. You know, it's British enough for a holiday special. But since we know they have the footage, it like it, oh, it's wild. rife for speculation. And again, I felt like I found it because I it was yeah. not pointed towards this. I just watched the drag queen YouTube show and it was just there. <laughs> and then the video yeah. was gone, which was just very. Yep. What were the odds? You know, one in a million, one in a million. What if they mm-hmm. took it down because they saw you reporting on it? They were like, uh, Dan Selke's on oh, to us. I hadn't written anything, get, get although that, it was out there. Ashley Hurst, who is our great Sandman correspondent over in England, where the English live, like the Sandman people, <laughs> um, he was tweeting about it on Twitter. Like, have you seen this? Ah, and, okay. And I like slacked him like, what is going on? And we were talking back and forth. But um, cool. I saw that. Ashley Hurst, follow him. He runs these the, the, yeah. the Sandman fan page on Twitter. Very, very good. Yep, yep. Big Sandman community over there. Very big Sandman community over there. There was one question. So there's one thing. This is not a Sandman thing, but there was one question I wanted to get back to, and I don't know if I can find it in Restream. Ertak, over someone on YouTube asked, what impressed you the most oh, yeah, about the House that. of the Dragon premiere? Uh, the acting, the music, the effects, the landscapes. That is a easy enough question to give a one word answer to. And I'm curious what yours is. I'll say mine was the acting. I want to cheat and say like the whole of it. But if I have to choose one thing, 
I guess it was the restraint. That's kind of cheating, but I don't think it is. That's one Ooh, word. That's nice. I think okay. it was the restraint. I, I thought that it really, I was impressed that it kind of took its time and had me feeling attached to pretty much all of the characters it focused on and kind of drew yeah. good pictures of them in a not long amount of time. Yeah. I was impressed with how confidently it built itself and that wouldn't work okay. if the act, if the acting wasn't good and the effect, oh, the effects, yeah, were, true. but I think it has like a good, a good steady hand at the rudder based on what I saw there. Yeah, I'd agree. Cool. <laughs> yeah. They, that was a good question. I just wanted that we kind of skip it over there oh they're gonna get you now dan you better run oh netflix i'm afraid of um hbo and i'm terrified of disney netflix they couldn't get me yeah. if they tried i mean <laughs> what are they gonna do they're gonna stumble over themselves they're gonna like get the message to get me like pass through 18 different channels and get it confused do your worst netflix people would get HBO, laid though, off please the, don't the people who came to get you would get laid off before they could get to you yeah useless it'd be a mess but hbo um, and disney, disney please they'd don't. be just waiting outside your car disney has snipers printed everybody at all times like yeah. right now all uh, who even wants to play <laughs> topic has to do is just like just say one word into a walkie-talkie and my brain explodes the chip that would put in there when i was like baby so yeah don't mess with yeah. disney mess with Netflix all you want they can't do anything yes. right okay um it's true. And netflix all did right. give me the same advance okay uh speaking of things that HBO made. What else might we be watching these days, Daniel? And what else are you guys watching out there? Any other shows or movies or even books, if you're that kind of person that are intriguing you these days? (laughs) Well, I think the big one that we have to hit on here is Westworld. So the the Westworld season four finale happened. It did. um, Last Sunday. And uh, yeah, it it happened. That's that's what I'll, I'll say for it. I Ah oh, man, I there are things I liked about it and a lot of things I didn't. I feel like Westworld had such a good season and then it just kind of tripped over itself in the last two episodes. How, yeah, how did you feel, but, Dan? And how did you feel out there if you watched it? I mean, I don't think I was quite as um, aghast and offended as you seem to be, but uh, you're right. The, I don't, the final two episodes of Westworld season four did um, just feel less kind of propulsive and immediate than the other ones it felt like there was less of a connection i didn't care as much yeah. about what was happening to these people on the screen and i'm not entirely yeah. sure why but it seemed like what i liked about the season the first kind of the first big chunk of it was that i felt connected to folk like mave again like i was intrigued by what's happening yeah. to christina like I was even, I was even, I, I was charmed by Bernard and uh, Ashley Stubbs little dynamic going on. Caleb yep, was going through same. it and I felt bad for him. Like Caleb and Maeve together. Like I wanted them to succeed. And these last two episodes, we kind of like pulls out and it kind of becomes more about ideas and like they have something to say. It got like into that thing from season two where they were convinced that the minutia of the lore was really interesting. And I don't know why, because it's not. Um, and they're just kind of saying things like, well, everyone will die on earth. It's like, well, like since when, like they, yeah, I just don't think it's a very tightly. Tell imagined us how you really feel. Dan. Um, and I didn't really enjoy the final two that much. Oh, and uh, yeah. Mia, hey, Mia, it happened. Hey, Mia. Mia. What did yeah. you think of it? Check out I'm her video review, Mia yes, Johnson. Absolutely. She's got a great, great video review of this season up. Yeah. So I, 
I like the minutia. I I really liked the the twist with Christina. I thought it was sure, pretty was crazy, bad. and I love I loved how it it gives the season a great rewatch value. Joanne saying, "I found the ending very confusing. You are not alone. Yeah. I've no, seen that from not. so many people." Yeah, the Christina twist I loved. I just felt like the season it did so much good work with making us care about these characters again like especially Maeve and Caleb for me it really really did a wonderful job with them like episode four I think is one of my favorite episodes that the show has had in quite a while but it almost felt like the last two episodes were had a different set of writers and I don't know this I haven't looked at who the writers were for these episodes but the focus just seemed to so completely shift away from these really intricate character dynamics that Mm -hmm. had been building to the world is now ending. And I just wish we had more time to really feel the, the scope of that because it's kind of like that old adage of like show don't tell they told us the world was ending they didn't really show us the world was ending at all they were basically like this city this city collapsed and therefore the rest are there other cities is the entire world full of the the mind control flies like maybe yes i'm I'm honestly not sure yeah and and it is Charlotte said she took over the world. She alludes to there being multiple cities. So it is implied that the hosts rule the world. So that like, so those like eight people are the only outliers in the entire world. All the billions of people. Yeah. That's, I had a huge issue with the scope this season of wishing that there were, that they had just taken, like they should have gotten to the point of the host taking over the world at the end of season three. And then had all of season four be about what a host controlled world looked like because they gave us four episodes to really see that. Like by the time the twist happened and you realized what was going on, like that's a very short amount of time (laughs) to be like, it's a new world order and we're going to bring it all down in like two episodes. So it felt kind of like they were rushing from A to B a little bit. I do appreciate that, that Julie enjoyed it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Julie. I think that's really cool and happy for you. Wish I was on your, wish I was on your joint train. Okay, sorry, go on. I think it's worth the watch. Like I still enjoy Mm. in Westworld. I just think it's interesting to me. I feel like Westworld doesn't realize its own strengths sometimes. So like there are times when they lean into the big twists and that's great. And it's like with these episodes with Maeve, it's like they had this amazing setup of we're bringing Maeve back. She's a weapon. She can be used to stop Charlotte. And like, they basically just brought her back to fist fight Charlotte Hale. Like, (laughs) how is that? Yeah. It's like, like how were were her powers not a factor? Like have her powers factor into rewiring the tower or something like some way to use the fact that Maeve is special for more than just knowing. Like have her death be a powerful moment. And that, which it was, I I thought Maeve's mid season death, I thought was really good. It felt like she died, even knowing she's a host and she could come back. It still felt like she died then just because the emotional stakes were really high. So it's weird because it's like looking back at earlier episodes, it's not like, Oh, previous seasons, this and the finale like lost it. It's like, we're looking back like three episodes and being like, what went wrong from two episodes (laughs) ago? So yeah, I'm baffled. I hope they get a fifth season just to see we've made it this far. Damn it. I want to see what the ending they have in mind is. I don't know. I don't know. Will you watch season five? If it happens, probably. But at this point, I'm not sure these folk really deserve a uh, place at the big Hollywood table. I just, I mean, 
How can you make season after season? There's so much money on that screen and they're just throwing it away over to point of no return yeah. was season three when they fought the hard to pronounce supercomputer after that. Yeah, that was like a mistake. It was hard to bounce back from. And maybe I have no idea. No idea. How about this, Daniel? Uh, Beyond Westworld, another big show coming out tomorrow is She-Hulk, the new Marvel program. Are you interested at all? Is it like tickle you in, in the littlest bit? So I am. Yes and no. Like I, I have a little bit of Marvel burnout right now. I can't lie. I am. I think She-Hulk looks great. And I personally, I like the Hulk. I love the humor they're going for. Mm -hmm. It's just hard because we're in the middle of this stretch where like Westworld just ended and House of the Dragon is this weekend. So like She-Hulk just feels so low on my radar right now. Sure. But I'm sure I'll watch it and enjoy it. It'll be a nice break from hard analyzing Westworld and House of the Dragon. How about are you going to watch it? How do you feel? I'm like, I, mean, I will say I like that they're like apparently like half hour episodes. So I'll just watch it like during lunch yes. when I have time. If I'm folding laundry or something, um, I probably will check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think She-Hulk is going to be a lot of fun. I've heard good things from the few people I know who have seen it. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a good time. And yeah, the Marvel burnout, it is definitely real. I, I love Marvel, but it's just hard when it's when there's no downtime basically like yeah last year i think there was one month we didn't get marvel content all year (laughs) so at that point it's like it's not really giving us time to miss it (laughs) i mean that's got to be the same this year hasn't it i mean we have she hulk it's been a little less we had ms marvel is part of ms marvel last month like the last few episodes i don't have been much um i did yeah i guess there was one night came out in may yeah oh march march long long ago march to may and dr strange yeah um there was one great article. Yeah. I just like the headline of this Daily Beast thing where it says that uh, She-Hulk is Marvel trash at its most offensive. Like that Ooh. is that is powerful. I, I've, I have yeah. no idea if it's, if it's good or bad. I'll watch it. It, it looks fun. But um, I do appreciate the boldness. Yeah, that's fair. I think Marvel's best. I enjoy Marvel most when it remembers to be fun, Um, even though I, you know, I love Civil War and Infinity War. I think a lot of it's more um, when it remembers to be uh, lightly comedic, we'll say. So like you we've talked a lot about how I didn't like Thor Love and Thunder, but like Ant-Man, for example, like like the movies and shows where it remembers to be fun. I think those work well. So I think She-Hulk in that respect, I'm I'm confident and I'm less worried about She-Hulk than I was about some of the other series like i think it'll nice. be good i love that they're bringing back tim roth as the abomination too because i love the <laughs> old incredible hulk movie and i just think it's awesome that they're bringing back plot points from that like a decade later yeah i don't recall that um some good comments before we get into our uh, before we move on um i think julie hated charlotte and westford the whole way through i did too which i liked by the way i yeah. i enjoyed hating charlotte i thought she was a good villain this time um and daniel villain. are there any um Anything else you want to talk about before we go to the lightning round? Yeah, I do. So I've been between watching shows, I've been reading a lot. Those those How, things with paper. Time. I think they're called books. Um, there yeah, are a few really books. good fantasy books. Yeah, a few really good fantasy books that are out this week. We'll be covering them on the site. One is The Oleander Sword by Tasha Suri, which is a sapphic epic fantasy in a South Asian inspired like fantasy world very Mm -hmm. very cool it's the sequel to her book the jasmine throne the other one is the first binding it is it is a chonky boy by Mm -hmm. rr (laughs) verdi um if you we talked about rothfuss a little earlier 
if you have been missing the name of the wind for, you know, the past 12 years, this is the closest thing to the name of the wind out of hundreds of fantasy books that I've read since it came out. Same sort of lyricism to the writing, same sort of stories within stories. The cover kind of looks the same. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the most fascinating guy in the world telling his life story type thing. (laughs) It's... Again, this is another South Asian inspired world. It's like inspired by the Silk Road. Cool. Really, really great book. So yeah, this one came out yesterday too. So lots of good books, good shows, good, fantastical media for the whole family. All of it covered here at Take the Black and winnerscoming.net. We're talking about a lot of stuff yes. real soon. It's Before we cl- close out, Daniel, shall we do one of the uh, Winter's Coming's famous Wick News lightning rounds where we just shot yes. gun the news in 20 second bursts? I think that would be wise to do a, a world famous <laughs> lightning round. I agree. <laughs> wise, is, wise is the right word. All right. Yes. Richard, please put 20 seconds on the clock. And this first news bit, Daniel, is for you. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, the Blu-ray, will have 14 minutes of extra footage. Are you excited about that, you Jurassic World dinosaur-loving person? I am. Um, So Dominion was a decent movie. Wasn't incredible. Wasn't bad. Um, But they cut out some really crucial stuff. There's a prologue Mm. that is on YouTube that was supposed to be in the movie that they cut for length. And that will be on the Blu-ray. So this is an instance where if you like Jurassic World, this is going to be the actual way you should watch it. Cool. It made me so mad that they cut it out of the movie. <laughs> a true park the head like wrecks, you when I take that Ryan down. He wrecks a drive-in. I went to the drive-in to see it and they cut it. <laughs> Wait, really? You, you like went to the drive-in <laughs> for the drive-in scene? Well, no, I went to the drive-in because the drive-in was convenient. But as I was sitting in my car, I thought people are going to love this. We're at the drive-in and it's going to wreck the drive-in. And then it didn't happen. I don't blame you. But sorry, I digress. Okay. I digress from the lightning round. Let us move on to very important news. Yeah. (laughs) Ezra Miller apologizes for their behavior and is seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. How how do you feel? Forgiving? um, Sure. I mean, I mean, in, in, in all seriousness, if someone is getting help for their whatever they're going through, that's a good thing. It's just been a wild yeah. story. I mean, Ezra Miller, you know, prominent actor who's playing The Flash, who was in the Speed franchise, has gone on what's very close to being like an international crime spree the past couple of months. And now they're getting help. So that's a good thing. It's yeah. just, I wonder if it's over, but we'll see. Um, yeah in the near future all right daniel here's a fun one peter jackson considered getting hypnotherapy on himself to forget that he directed the lord of the rings trilogy because he <laughs> wanted to see it with fresh eyes like a fan yeah i mean that's hilarious no, on, on the face yeah. of it mm-hmm. i i can i can understand the impulse though because i think when you're that deep in a creative project you're not going to get to see it the same way like you know the curtains peeled back you made the thing um and it it became one of the most important pieces of cinema history we've had in the past however many years i can i i feel for peter jackson i hope he gets the hypnotherapy one day i don't think it would work like that but I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope he's happy. But we don't have time to talk about it. Yeah, we, we got to go it's on. It's true. It's true. All right. Um, man, this next one. Okay. So the show Pennyworth, which is a show that does exist. 
<laughs> but HBO was worried that it wasn't getting seen very much and people didn't know what it was. So it is now being titled Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler. Will you be watching Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler, Dan? I didn't watch the first two seasons of Pennyworth on Epics. I probably won't watch the third season of the newly titled Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler. I mean, <laughs> if you have so little faith in the show that you have to graph that incredibly unwieldy subtitle onto it, why buy it at all? Like, why host it on your streaming service if you don't believe in it whatsoever? Um, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Why get that and cancel Batgirl? That, yes. And cancel Batwoman, don't forget. But you preserve Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's brother. All right. Uh, speaking of Batman, you um, noted that Warner Brothers, which is going through quite a bit of tumult right these days, has said that they the have. Batman 2, starring Robert Pattinson, hasn't been greenlit, is still years away. Yeah. Um, a little disconcerting just because of all of the tumult, like you said, with HBO and Warner Media and Discovery. Um, but this is probably just because it's in early stages, I think. Sure. Of course, it's years away. And it was a huge hit. There it would be baffling if they didn't make the Batman two. It was one of their most successful movies of the year. So we'll see. You would think Joanne watched. All right. Apparently I'm, uh, I'm glad. Oh, nice. That was okay. Pretty good. good. I'm sure it's a good, it's probably a good show. I just, um, it's going through a metamorphosis anyway. Continue. It is. It is now about the origin of Batman's Butler instead of a spy <laughs> before. Yeah. Uh, all right. So stranger things, the massive uh-huh. Netflix, Netflix 80s paranormal science fiction hits, which is known for a huge cast of characters similar to Game of Thrones, will try not to introduce new characters in season five. So I mean, that makes sense. On the OGs. Season five is the is the final season, so you're not going to have any um, new players. Yeah. I always admired about the show that I, I have critiques of it, but they always did a great job of interesting new characters and actually getting us to like think of them as part of the oh, team. Absolutely. They're really, really good at that. Yeah. But it makes sense for the final season, you know, pair it back a bit, just focus on what works. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Daniel, here's <laughs> a cool one. So um, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power is also a giant show that's coming out. Here's a picture of the island nation of Numenor. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we're getting some first looks at Numenor in detail. Um, You can see they're technologically advanced. They have pulleys. There's a horse being lifted (laughs) across onto a ship there in the background. So there's a whole bunch of technology (laughs) Numenor has. Um, They did a bunch of research. This was a practical set. Um, So less see. Yeah, they built Numenor for this from what I've read. Cool. They built the horse pulley? That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I won't. That may be a CGI horse. I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm not going to put my job on the line vouching for this pulley horse, but if you were wrong, you'd be lots fired, of yeah. things about it are practical. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so speaking of mergers and mix ups and all that kind of stuff, next star mm. will become the new owner of the CW. Mark Pedowitz is going to remain the CEO of the CW. Yeah, um, another big uh, stir up. The CW finally sold itself. Uh, next star, which is a huge owner of local TV stations, has like a 75% controlling stake in it. And then Warner Bros and CBS yeah. have the kind of split the rest of it. Um, so CW will continue. Apparently, apparently it's going to be more like adult focus now, like less of the team shows yeah. it's known for. Go for the CW, maybe. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm good curious. Luck. Yeah, good luck. Best of luck. Yeah. Hey, Daniel. Da-da-da-da. 
you know, um, here's a picture of Tim Burton's Wednesday series on Netflix, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia and Louise Guzman as Gomez from the Adams Family. I mean, it looks fun. Tim Burton doing the Adams Family feels like, you know, a match made in heaven. Like he finally just Um, said yes after years of the masking. Yeah. Or like his whole life has led to this moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll watch it. Um, it looks fun. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman are always a good time. Uh, there's a trailer for this out, I think, yeah, if you're is. interested and want to see more. All right. Our last one. Last one. Um, this is cool. Doctor Who veteran Maureen O'Brien. I, I believe that's one of the first companions from Doctor Who reprises the ro- her role 57 years later in a Blu-ray commercial. That's actually really, really cool. So I, I haven't watched the old Doctor Who, but I mean, this show's been around since the freaking 60s. And for an actor who played a character to come back and play another scene that follows up on her story from 1965 oh, cool. and like just left her off. She has like a family now and a grand, grandkids in the Roman times. It was just really, really cool. That show has been around forever and that's just something special and fun. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching Take the Black. We are going to be doing a lot of stuff in the near future. We're going to have our regular Wednesday afternoon shows at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winners Coming Facebook page and Winners Coming YouTube page, where we'll talk all things fantasy, sci-fi, movies, TV, and House of the Dragon. But we're going to really dive into House of the Dragon each week when it's on Sunday nights on the Winter Facebook and YouTube pages with episodes just dedicated to House of the Dragon and the newest episode right after it's over. So it yes. starts at eight in at least where I am, CST. Yeah. And then we'll have an episode at nine. So like an hour later, we'll be on here uh, yeah. talking through it all. Hope to see you there yep. both times. We're also available in podcast form wherever podcasts are available. So hope you tune in to Take the Black, the origin of Superman's pedicurist. Hey, hey, guess what? By the time we see you guys next, House of the Dragon will have happened. Bam. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.